Now, we all uh, look kind of normal when we're uh, up at the bat in the game of life. And then, and then we hit the ball, and we begin to run around those bases. And sometimes we fall, and then we cry out in pain, whether it's physically or emotionally or relationally or spiritually. But thankfully, God has placed us among people and they can be unlikely people who are willing to find us wherever we may be on the base paths, pick us up, and carry us home. And what a gift it is to be surrounded by friends who would rather carry their opponent than win a game. And one of the more um, uh, powerful examples of a saving friendship that I have found is in this uh, Old Testament story. It's a hidden gem, and it comes from 2 Samuel chapter 9. The verses will be on the screen. They're also in the bulletin. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 13. David asked, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and he was summoned to David. The king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. The king said, is there anyone remaining of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Ziba said to the king, there remains a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, where is he? Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Machir, son of Amiel at Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, son of Amiel, at Lodabar. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance, which means a deferential honor. David said, Mephibosheth, he answered, I am your servant. David said to him, do not be afraid, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you yourself shall eat at my table always. He did obeisance and said, What is your servant that you should look upon a dead dog such as I? Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But your master's grandson, Mephibosheth, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so your servant will do. Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he always ate at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we are all in some uh, fashion or way uh, Mephibosheths, your, your injured or uh, disabled children. And it never feels quite like family if any of your children are missing from the palace. 
So we thank you for crowning us with honor and dignity, just like David did for Mephibosheth. And now, God, may your word not only sparkle as a crown on our heads, but may it illumine our hearts and change us from disabled to beloved. To the glory of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So Mephibosheth was only five years old when a word came that his uh, father Jonathan and his grandfather Saul were killed in battle. And that uh, so terrified uh, his uh, nurse that they, he, she scooped up that little boy in her arms and started to run. But unfortunately, in her panic, she tripped and she fell right on top of that boy, crushing his legs so badly that he never did quite walk right again. Now, if you think about it, uh, Mephibosheth had it all as the son of Jonathan and the grandson of Saul. He was an heir to the throne. But on that fateful day, Mephibosheth lost everything. He lost his father. He lost his grandfather. He lost his future and even the use of his feet. Well, our story opens years later as this last surviving member of the household of Saul is living in exile in a place called Lodabar. Now, you may think that you've never been to a place called Lodabar, but trust me, you probably have. Lodabar literally means a place where there is no pasture. It means a barren place. We wind up in Lodabar when we allow ourselves to be defined by our weaknesses. Now, for some of us, we have a physical disability. For the others of us, we have a spiritual disability. Mephibosheth is crippled in his body, he's crippled in his spirit, and he's living with these strangers in a place far outside of Israel. The reason why he is keeping a low profile is because it was standard operating procedure back then for a new king to wipe out all the uh, old king's uh, members of family. And so all of the male sons of the preceding king would be executed whenever a new king came to power, just in case any of those old family members had any kind of political aspirations. So this is not good news for Mephibosheth, whose life hangs in the balance. But unknown to him, there was a conversation that took place the year of his birth that was now going to change his life. David and Jonathan are walking through a field one day and Jonathan says, David, it has been revealed uh, to me by God that you are going to be the king of Israel. I have one request. Jonathan says to David, when you come into power, would you see if there are any members of my family that are still alive? And if there are, would you do well by them for my sake? And so this is that oath of friendship that David and Jonathan swore in each other's presence. I've shared that earlier when we talked about David and Jonathan in that sermon series. We know the kind of friendship that they had. Because David says, of course, Jonathan, anything for you. One day that old conversation pops back into David's head. And he wonders, are there any family members still living from, from Jonathan's household? And someone says, well, there's an old man named Ziba. He used to be one of Saul's household servants. David says, go get him. They bring him back to David. And David says, is there anybody who is still alive from the household of Saul and from the family of Jonathan? And Ziba says, there's only one person who's still alive. His name is Mephibosheth, and he is the son of Jonathan. Oh, just the name. Jonathan brings a tug to, to David's heart. 
And so he says, go and get them. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if David tossed the keys to his best chariot and says, you go find them and you make sure you treat them well. And I love the reason why. David says, I want to show him the kindness of God. In fact, three times David uses the word kindness in this story. We all need friends in our lives because all of us in some way are Mephibosheths. All of us have a place where we limp. It's just that some of us have a limp that is more noticeable than others. Because on the outside, we all look like winners from the word go, but then we get up to the plate, we hit the ball, we start to run, we make our way around the bases, we trip, we fall, and we need people to stop whatever they are doing to come alongside, show us the kindness of God, pick us up, and carry us the rest of the way home. Well, a few days later, David's servant come back with a young man whose face looks like a bloody battle. And as he's hobbling up into the king's palace, there's probably one thought going through Mephibosheth's mind. Are they going to do me in with a sword or are they going to do me in with a rope? I know they're going to do to me what they always do to the members of a fallen royal family. But David's heart goes out to him and he says, do not be afraid, Mephibosheth, for I want to show you the kindness of God for the sake of your father, Jonathan. He says, Mephibosheth, I'm going to give you back all the ancestral lands that belong to Saul. All the servants who used to be Saul's employees, they belong to you as well. And, and... I want you to come and live at my palace, sit at my table, and live as one of my sons. Think about that. Because don't you wish you could have been there? Don't you wish you could have been there to see the look on Mephibosheth's face? It's kind of like you're this death row inmate making what you think is your final walk before they administer that lethal injection. Instead, you open the door and there's this huge surprise party with balloons and streamers and gifts and a cake. They hand you a ticket to Hawaii and they say, have a great time. I mean, from death to life, just like that. David says, I will show you the kindness of God. I love the story of a church couple who were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. It was a very elegant affair. Family and friends gathered for this event. And the husband gave his wife of 50 years a very expensive, gorgeous gold necklace. And as it was unveiled and passed around, the people wooed and they awed. Well, some weeks later, a man who had attended that party was walking down the street and he recognized a woman who also had been in attendance at the party. And they struck up a conversation but the more he looked at his neck, the more he was confused because there it was, that, that necklace. The necklace that had been given by the man to his wife was now around the neck of this other woman. And so the man couldn't help himself. He finally asked, what is that doing around your neck? And the woman explained that she was a widow and that that church couple had decided to circulate that necklace amongst their friends who had been widowed and would never celebrate a 50th wedding anniversary as a way of showing kindness. But you know, in our story, kindness can also be risky. If you think about it, David really rolled the dice with Mephibosheth. He took in his home a member of his predecessor's family instead of killing him like a lot of kings would have done. And to put a, a member of Saul's family that close to the throne was just asking for trouble. 
If the only thing that David had done was turn over the ancestral lands, that would have more than fulfilled the vow that David had made with Jonathan. But he does more than that. He says, you come and you live in my house. Now, if you think about it for just a moment, that could be your worst nightmare come true. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and having this guy with a bloodhound face staring back at you over a bowl of Lucky Charms? I mean, a guy like Mephibosheth, did you hear what he said? He said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? I mean, somebody like this can, can bleed you white and suck you dry. This person can drain all the energy right out of you. And yet, when we don't make time for the Mephibosheths in our lives, sometimes the results can be tragic. Young man returns from Vietnam and he calls up his parents and says, hey mom, hey dad, I'm home. Oh son, it's so good to hear your voice. We can hardly wait to see you. Well, you'll see me pretty soon, mom and dad, but I wanted to first call you and ask you something. I have a friend that I'd like to bring home with me. Well, that's fine, son. Well, he said, there's something I think you ought to know about my friend. He was injured in combat. He, he stepped on a landmine. Part of his leg is missing, his arm is gone, he only has one eye, and his face is grossly disfigured. Well, that'll be fine, son, for a little while. No, mom, no, dad, you don't seem to understand. I, I want my friend to come and live in our house and stay in the same room with me. Well, now, son, that's another story. You know how we like to entertain guests. And he might make some of our friends feel uncomfortable. And you know what? He would probably feel uncomfortable too. And then think of the cost of adapting the house and making it handicapped accessible. Okay, mom. Okay, dad. I understand. Bye. Next day, the parents receive a long-distance phone call. It's from the police. They say, we're very sorry, but there's been a tragic suicide. It's your son. He's an amputee. He has one arm, one eye, and his face is grossly disfigured. Here's some parents who I bet wish they had a second chance to demonstrate kindness. Well, David demonstrates his friendship by showing kindness to Mephibosheth and taking care of his material needs. But the best part is when David says, you will always eat at my table. In other words, I'm not just opening up my wallet to you, Mephibosheth, but I'm opening up my life to you. And the key to understanding what David did for Mephibosheth closely parallels what Jesus did for us. Because Jesus took us wherever we were, most likely in that barren place, that place of Lodabar, a place where we were alone in our sin, and he didn't just leave us there, but he showed us his mercy and grace. You see, Jesus didn't just die on the cross so that we might live. He died to give us a place at his table. He died so that we might live in his forever family. First John 3, 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And yes, indeed, that is what we are. Now, friends, like Mephibosheth, all of us have fallen. Some of us have fallen into bad health. Some of us have fallen into bad habits. Some of us have fallen into bad harm. Believe it or not, the person sitting next to you right now is crippled in some fashion. 
And so my charge to you is for God to give you spiritual radar to be on the lookout for the Mephibosheths who are in need. And may all of us, as I wrap up my series, may all of us be friends who channel God's love and kindness into the people around us. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Our gracious God, we pray that you would help us to see the needs around us in the Mephibosheths of this world, perhaps like we've never seen them before. We pray that this next week you would help us to have a heart for those needs, to sympathize with the struggles that others may be facing. God, you care so much for our needs and you have a heart for our hurts more than we could ever imagine. And so help us to care, help us to have a heart Help us to have the courage to do something about those cares and concerns as we demonstrate kindness to those people around us. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray these things. Amen.